Christmas candle. The Christ candle, we call it. It's the last candle. You guys aren't going to be here tomorrow, are you? <laughs> just, just checking. We can do it tomorrow or we can do it right now. Yes. So the Advent wreath is complete. The Christ candle has been lit. And we've been going through a series of messages in December. God, our God is ascending God. We talked about how God sent his presence. Started at the very beginning of the book of the Bible in Genesis. Very beginning of the Bible there in Genesis. And God uh, sent his presence in the garden. He sent his presence there. You remember with Abraham. God sent his promise because of the people. Uh, Adam and Eve had fallen into sin and thrust humanity into sin. So we... We needed God to do something for us, and his promise came in the very first book of the Bible that he would send the one that we need to be our Savior. So the promise was given, and he sent his prophets. God always sends his prophets to proclaim the revealed word of God that what's going to happen is going to happen, and he tells us ahead of time. And he's still doing that, by the way. We learned that last week. So now we're here. God sent a Savior. You know, sometimes I think it's a good idea just to, when you got problems, if you don't have any problems, we've got some extra things we can give you if you're not having any troubles. But most people are doing all right in that category, you got problems. Sometimes it's good for somebody just to listen to you. Um, not to solve the problem, just to listen, you know. You ever, does that help you out? Uh, gentlemen, I understand that sometimes, and you're not always back there, Good morning. Gentlemen, I understand that many times your wife just doesn't want you to fix it. She just wants you to listen. And sometimes that fixes it. Just a little side advice from Lucy and Charlie Brown, maybe kind of a, we'll leave that alone. But God didn't send us someone just to listen to us who couldn't solve our problems. He didn't send us a buddy you know, somebody that could just hang out with us and help us feel good and appreciate us. He didn't send us a buddy. He sent us a friend so that it sticks closer than a brother, but he sent us what we needed. And this is what I want us to look at today because I don't think we fully get what God has done all the time. And I think we'll see in this passage today, a very familiar passage. It's in the Gospel of Luke, and you know about this passage. It's um, Luke chapter 2. I'm going too fast. You know this? Yes, you do. Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. That was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. Now before we go further, since you're familiar with the passage, I'm going to comment on things as we go. You okay with that? Good, thank you. <laughs> it wasn't permission, it was a statement. This most likely, from all we can tell, was about 2 B.C. Now, you would think Jesus would be born right there in the middle, right at the beginning, before Christ and in the year of our Lord. You know, that's not the way calendars work out. And don't ask me how that works out. I don't understand the thing about it except for what I've read. And 
It was about 2 B.C. Um, and some of the mistakes are made about the birth of Christ being later, like 5 or 6 B.C. or earlier, depending on how you look at it. Um, and and uh, that was because people believed that Herod died in 4 B.C., and that's just not so. He died in 1 B.C., so that was the reason it's been moved around. So probably 2 B.C. is where it fits the census that Caesar Augustus was, was given, was giving, and then uh, Quirinius was governor of Syria. And there's a whole lot about that I'm not even going to talk about. Just look it up. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. Now, this, the word engaged, this is a word that does, means betrothed. It's way different from what we do. Betrothed was very serious. When someone, uh, when a, a man asked a woman to marry him, and they became betrothed, that was as serious as being married, already married. You were counted legally as you will be married. This is very serious. In order to break the engagement, we call it engagement, you would have to get a divorce. That's how serious it was. Now, the strange thing about this, culturally speaking, and probably seemingly the shameful part of it, it seemed it should be, that they were uh, betrothed, engaged, but she was about to have a baby. Now, you and I know the backstory, but I don't think everybody else did. So here's... Here's this couple going to Bethlehem to be registered for the census. And we know Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel and told that she would carry the Christ child, the promise that was given by God in the very first book of the Bible, the very beginning, the first couple he gave the promise to. And that she would be carrying this Christ child who was the one that the prophets talked about that would come. A child will be born to us, that same one, be born of a virgin, the Bible says. Isaiah. We know that. Mary was a, a godly teenage girl. Yeah, teenager. Imagine that. She knew the scripture. Oh, wow. This is a challenge to all you teenagers out there. Get into the scripture. Understand and, and memorize parts of the Bible and get it into your life so you can help your parents. I thought I'd mention it. You will help your parents, right? They need it. Just making sure that nobody's coming over here. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Now, this is so familiar, but, but look at what's going on. The God of the universe is placed in a manger. See, God took, took on, came down to this earth, took on human flesh, and now he comes as a baby. You wouldn't expect that. Now, everybody seems to be looking for, at this time in history, looking for God to come in the clouds just to burst everything open and come to earth and fix everything. And he's going to one day. This is the first coming. That's the second coming. And they missed the first coming. Most people did. And most people don't get the second coming either. You notice that? They're not listening. They're not listening. Oh, there's so many things to say about that. This is one of my favorite parts. 
In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Now, this was most likely either in the spring or early summer, 2 B.C. Just minding their own business, watching their flock by night. Imagine that. Now, angels appearing, I've never had an angel appear to me that I know of. I think they appear unaware. We heard about that, but unaware is the key word there. I didn't see anything. Imagine this. God tells the shepherds through the angels about this one. Look what it says about this. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. You know, just because they were afraid. Even though the angels show up, they don't be afraid. It's because you're terrified. I hope it happens to you so you can really feel that. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of, of great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. A Savior. For you. A Savior. You needed a Savior. I need a Savior. We all need a Savior. As a matter of fact, Mary said she needed a Savior. I rejoice in God my Savior, she says. So Jesus was, I mean, Jesus' mother was a sinner. Now, he was sinless on his father's side. Everybody with me? Sinless. She needed a Savior. Oh, I've got so many things to say about that, but you won't sit there that long. Look who, look who the Savior is. Christ, the anointed one, the word Christ, Messiah in the Old Testament, Christ in the New Testament, the anointed one, the one that's been promised from the very beginning, the one the prophets talked about, this anointed one, this Messiah, this... And look who he is, the Lord. Not a Lord, the Lord. He's the Lord of all. Oh my, this is exciting. Look at the sign of Jesus' birth. This is what the shepherds were told. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. <laughs> I don't think they went around all the mangers in their territory and said, now which baby is this one? And which baby is that one? I didn't find a baby in the manger. You got it. This is the one. Right? I think that's pretty much what I'm thinking. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. Now I know you've heard this before. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Sometimes you'll see the translation peace, goodwill toward men. This translation is a New American Standard 95 update. It says, peace among men with whom he is pleased. Did you know, did you know that this baby Jesus, the Lord of all who came to this manger to be born, did not come to bring peace to everybody? Now, he came to offer peace to everybody. Everybody can participate and have peace but he didn't come to bring peace to everybody. Have you read through the whole Bible? Have you read through the New Testament? Have you remember Jesus did not come to bring peace to everybody. He came to bring peace to people. As I've got a little note. Peace to men of goodwill, to men of favor. These are people, people who will receive Christ receive the peace. People who reject Christ don't get the peace. So everybody's invited, but not everybody's excited. Not everybody wants God 
running his or her life. Not everybody wants that. You may not want this. I'm going to do my own thing when I get old, then I'll come to Christ. What if you don't get old? You know what happens? So I'm just going to wait until I'm ready to die and then I'll receive Christ. You won't. You won't. You think you can come to Christ anytime you want to? Don't you be fooled by the fools of this world. And by the way, I say, I say this. Why wouldn't you want to know Christ now? I mean, everything in your life just goes down the toilet without Christ. And you're thinking, I want to go down the toilet first. <laughs> Why? Why do you want to wait? I came to Christ when I was 16 years old. I'm so glad that I did. Had Jesus in my life through my young adulthood and through right until now, my not so young adulthood. And every step of the way, I'm so happy that I've known Jesus, that Jesus was in my life. I encourage you, if you don't know Jesus today, just pause and say, Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. It's good stuff. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And here's the scene of Jesus' birth. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the, and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. So they told Joseph and Mary, angels appeared to us and told us about this, and you find a baby wrapped in cross lying in a manger, and here we are, and here you are, and this is what he said. This is Savior. A Savior has been sent to us. It's Christ the Lord. Now, Joseph and Mary had already heard about that. Now they're hearing it from the shepherds. This will be the beginning of a lot of people telling Joseph and Mary about Jesus when they already knew about Jesus. But you know, I tell you what, I don't mind people telling me about Jesus even though I already know about him. I love to hear it. I'll tell you what I love. I love to hear those children sing. I love to see them up in front singing about Jesus. I just love that. That just makes Christmas. I just love to see that. Their faces light up and and we like to see that, the kids. You know, kids need to know Jesus. Don't let your children go any further in life without telling them about Jesus and showing them about Jesus. And we had a service here just a few days ago, and we, Carol Stafford has gone to be with the Lord, the Lord Jesus she loved so much, and her family sat right here. And as we had that service, you can hear the testimony of that family, how much she loved Jesus. And guess what? They do too. They do too. That's what I'm, a legacy of love for Jesus. That's what we want. You know what we want at Five Forks from now on and forever? A legacy of love for Jesus Christ. For everybody who comes here, everybody who's in this room on Sundays, everybody who has anything to do with Five Forks Baptist Church, it's love, we love Jesus Christ. He's our Lord, he's wonderful. That's what we want. Tell it, shepherds, tell it, tell what happened. You don't have to, it wasn't the shepherds that were something. Well, you couldn't even, my understanding, I didn't live back then, I'm not that old. I, I just heard, you couldn't, have, a testimony of a shepherd in court wouldn't be heard because they weren't trustworthy. I don't know if that's so or not, I just read it, but think about that. It wasn't the shepherds. Sometimes I don't know if, if I tell somebody about Christ, I may not tell them right, I may tell them the wrong way, maybe my life won't do that. What? It isn't you. It's Jesus you're talking about. God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick. If you're a crooked stick, 
He'll take your life and he'll draw a straight line straight to Jesus. <laughs> All who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. What in the world has happened here? But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. She knew. She was the first one that knew. She was the first one that knew. Teenage girl who had memorized quite a bit of scripture. If you look at the mag, what we call the Magnificat, where she's just spews out all these passages from the Old Testament and praising God from her heart when God chose her to be the mother of Christ, the child. She treasured all these things in her heart. And I'll tell you what, before we leave here today, you treasure all these things in your heart as well. I mean, this is a Christmas story. The shepherd went back glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. When you leave here today, you do the same thing. Just tell people what has happened. Tell people what has happened. Well, by the way, what has happened? What's happened? We're getting ready to close out this service with a bang. Not a real bang. Just a bang. We're getting ready to sing. We're getting ready to praise the Lord. We're getting ready to move towards the end of this service. And you've made it so far. And I want you to know one thing. I want every person in this room to be able to leave this place today able to tell somebody about Jesus. What happened to me? How did I come to Christ? What has he done in my life? Tell it. Tell it. Tell it. Share with people. You know how a church draws close to God and how church grows and how many people come to Christ? By telling it. What happened to you? So well, I'm not much, but let me tell you what he did in me. Let me tell you how he forgave me, how he changed my life, how he taught me how to talk and how he taught me how to live, how he showed me how forgiven I am, now I can forgive others, how I can have peace in my heart. Tell it. Tell it. Spread it. Spread it, please. I want to invite you, unapologetically invite you. Now, I'm talking to you. You thought I was talking to the person beside you. I'm talking to you. Because this happens too often. I really don't want you to leave this place today without knowing Jesus. Now, I'm not doing this for me because, you know, I'm doing it for you. You've been waiting a long time. I... I haven't been here long and I already know stuff. You've been waiting. You've been waiting. You've been waiting to receive Christ into your life and I don't know why, but you have. Today's the day for you. God has fashioned it just for you. We did all this for you. So that you can point you to Jesus. And I invite you to Christ. Paul would even say, I beg you, be reconciled to God. And I do, I beg you to be reconciled to God. As we pray just now, you ask Jesus into your life. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you so much for the privilege of being able to rehearse in the hearing of all of these wonderful people that you sent a Savior. Lord, I pray for for each one who's here. And if you're listening now as we pray together, 
You never received Christ into your life and you want to today. This is what your desire is. Would you tell him? You say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you raised from the dead that I could be made right with God. And I want to be right with God today. I want my whole life to line up with your will. I want to be right with you today, God. If that's your prayer, if that's your sincere commitment to Christ, then invite him to come in and say, Jesus, I invite you to come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior. And we praise God, praise God for what's happened in your life today. You'll never be the same for eternity. And for all of you who are here today, and you've already received Christ, you've got a lot of things going on in your life. As we close out this service, there are a lot of things that need to happen in your life. You've got some difficulties, maybe financially, you've got some difficulties in your family, uh, relationship problems, you've got problems at work, you've got all kinds of things going on. You, maybe you have some health challenges that have uh, caused you some, uh, quite a bit of concern. And that, Would you just give all of this to Jesus today and just let him have it? Just let him have it. Just lay, it, lay them at his feet, all of your concerns. And as you do that, You'll be ready to worship as we close out this service. For we ask God to do all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.